Psalm 145, a praise of David. I will extol you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you, and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another, and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty, and on your wondrous works. Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness, and shall sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom, and talk of your power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his name, his holy name, forever and ever. 21 verses, each verse beginning with a word that starts with a different letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Now there's 22 letters with 21 verses. For some reason, David skipped the 14th letter, noon, and just jumped to the next one. So it's Hebrew poetry. They do uh, neat things with letters. The 119th Psalm has 22 sections, and each section begins with a word starting with a letter of the Hebrew alphabet in sequence per section. Just a little trivia there for you. As I understand it, there are certain streams of Judaism that read the 145th Psalm as a prayer three times a day twice in the morning and once in the afternoon. But before they read the 145th Psalm, they read Psalm 84.4 and 144.15, which is the last verse preceding this psalm. It's my understanding Psalm 145 is the last psalm written by King David. He's credited with the book of Psalms, but he only wrote about half of them, I think 73 of the psalms. So he was the most prolific psalm writer in the history of Israel, in the Bible, in the Hebrew Scriptures. 
So Psalm 84 is what they open their prayer with. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. And then they continue with the last verse of 144 before 145 begins. Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And then they continue with the Psalm 145 that, that we just heard read. Let's look at it right quick. I will extol you, my God, O King. I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you. And I will praise your name forever and ever. Somebody say eternity. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I will meditate, that is think about, on the glorious splendor of your majesty. Now, there's a certain segment of secular society that's all excited about meditation. But the form of meditation that they're speaking of is actually emptying your mind. You know, just repeating a monosyllable like, um, um. Well, often I, we say, um, when we can't think of what we're going to say. Biblical meditation is filling your mind. I will meditate on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your mighty works. Can we say good? Men shall speak of the might of your awesome acts, and I will declare your greatness. They shall utter the memory of your great goodness and shall sing of your righteousness. Who knows, we have a reason to praise. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All your works shall praise you, O Lord, and your saints shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and talk of your power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glorious majesty of his kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures throughout all generations. Can generation church say amen? amen? The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of those who fear him. He also will hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. Verse 15, the eyes of all look expectantly to you, and you give them their food in due season. Sometimes you have to wait on the Lord. That he's an on-time God. He may not come when you want him, but he's always right on time. Can I get an amen? amen? Verse 21, my mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever.
like to speak to you for the next few minutes on honoring, praising God. Is praising God just a shallow thing that Christians do? Is it a charismatic thing that spirit-filled, so-called spirit-filled people do? Or is it something that creation was created to do? Now, is God an egomaniac, thirsty for someone to scratch his praise me itch? No, he created all things in his majesty. He needs no praise, but we need to praise. When someone has been so good to you, it is appropriate to return thanks, to give thanks, to give praise and honor. Who's been to a beautiful art gallery? Who has seen art in those galleries that are worthy of being on display? Absolute beauty is worthy of admiration. God, if we could see him in his absolute beauty, you would fall on your face in admiration to how awesome he is. So when we give him praise, we're actually lining up with the reality of the universe, that God is a great God, worthy of praise and honor and admiration. Who's in love with their spouse? You better raise your hand. Sometimes we, we may not be worthy of love, but there's something about us that God put in us that created the spark that caused love to burst forth. And now we love one another whether we feel like it or not. When couples get divorced for the reason, well, we just don't love each other anymore, I'm like, uh, why not? We're commanded to love one another, right? Well, that's not the subject today. Speaking of honoring, praising God, I would like to look at Seven Hebrew words for praise. The Bible opens with the Hebrew scriptures, the First Testament, and followed up by the New Testament, and praise is all through both volumes of books. 66 books is about praising God. Who are you going to worship? Who are you going to praise? Who are you going to honor? In the English language, we have one word for praise, one word for bless, one word for thanks. But in Hebrew, you have a myriad of words, kind of like in the Greek language, you've got four kinds of love, eros, phileo, and agape, and another one I can't remember right now. And when you look at the Bible through the lens of the original language, it adds new color. It's kind of like uh, going from black and white to color. And it's my prayer today that the scriptures open up with some new color for you that is astounding. Those people that say we should not have musical instruments in church forget our history. The early church did not have a New Testament. They had the Hebrew Scriptures. They had the Torah. They had what is called the Tanakh to go by. And obviously, Christ fulfilled the law, but things that the law permits, the New Testament does not forbid. Who knows that's the truth? And the Old Testament scriptures included instruments. So to say the New Testament forbids them when you don't have any scripture forbidding them, you're going off someone's good idea. Now, we should not be dependent on instruments. Our hearts should praise him without even a music on because your heart is the instrument. With your heart, we make melody to the Lord. Amen? Who's seen a person play an instrument with all their heart? So the heart can be involved in playing instruments, but that's not the purpose of the sermon today. We want to look at what praising the Lord is in the Hebrew language. 
The first word we're going to look at is the word tehila. Can we say tehila? Not tequila. There's a difference. It means laudation. It's not necessarily being a pipsqueak. A hymn or praise. And we see it in the title of Psalm 145. It's called a praise or a tehila of David. You see it in your Bible. Often they'll have the title included. Verse 21, the last verse of Psalm 145 has the word Tehila in it. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, the hymn of the Lord, the laudation of the Lord. Can we say Tehila? The next word is the word Barak. We had a president, his name was this. It's a good name. It means to kneel, to bless, to salute, to thank, to praise. The word Barak is also in the 145th Psalm, verse 1. The latter part of verse 1 says, I will bless your name or I will barack your name forever and ever. Can we say always? That's a commitment that is worthy. The second verse opens with this phrase, every day I will bless you or every day I will barack you. You're starting to get an idea that there's an expansion of the definition of praise in the Bible. Verse 10, right there in the middle of the 145th Psalm, it says, your saints shall bless you or praise you or barak you. Can we say barak? It ends with this phrase right in the middle of verse 21. All flesh shall bless your holy name forever. Everybody's going to bless the Lord. Every knee is going to bow And every tongue, that is every language, is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So if you have two knees, they're going to hit the ground. If you only have one knee, it's going to hit the ground. Every knee is going to bow and every language is going to confess Jesus Christ is Lord. In Spanish, your language will say, Jesus Cristo es el Señor. Pardon my poor Spanish. Yeshua HaMashiach in Hebrew. He is the Messiah forever. But the goal of the Christian faith is that we become believers now and we worship him now and not when it's too late. Psalm 115 is a psalm that they read at the end of their daily recitation of this psalm. The fullness of it is, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. So it ends with the last verse. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. Then they jump to Psalm 115 verse 18. But we will bless the Lord or barak the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. All right, so the Bible has an even number of verses. It has 31,102 verses. So verse number 15,551 ends the first half of the Bible verses, and 15,552 begins the second half of the verses. And so what are those two verses right at the middle of the Bible in terms of the number of verses? It's Psalm 103, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Barach the Lord, and all that is within me, Barach his holy name. The second half of the Bible, in terms of the number of verses, 
is bless the Lord or Barak the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Can we say benefits? Got to read the fine print. You could miss out on the benefits. You heard about the guy that took the cruise and never ate in the dining room because he couldn't afford it. And then at the end of the cruise, he met the captain. The captain asked him, what table did you sit at? I never met you before. He says, oh, I couldn't afford the meals. The captain said, let me see your ticket. And he showed him in the fine print. It said, all meals provided. May we not show up at the pearly gates having lived short of the privileges, the benefits the Lord has for us. So this is a reason to bless him. When we bless the Lord, it helps our attitude. It helps lift up our countenance. It helps us look for things to bless him for because we're commanded to bless him. It gives us a fresh perspective on life. And no matter what comes your way, come hell or high water, you've got a reason to praise anyway. And if you have those reasons, they'll lift up your countenance, they'll lift up your creativity, and lo and behold, you'll find solutions to the things that you're looking for. But if we have a bad attitude, we're not going to bless the Lord and we're not going to see things. He made us this way. All right. The next Hebrew word is probably the most frequently used one. It's the word halal. Can we say halal? It means to celebrate. Oh, yes, I like this one. To shine, to boast, to rave, to praise. Psalm 145 verse 2 ends with this phrase, I will praise or halal your name forever and ever. Verse 3, great is the Lord and greatly to be halaled. <laughs> That's not good Hebrew, but it's there. Greatly to be praised. The Lord is great and greatly to be given halal. Psalm 84, remember the verse they read before they went on to 144 and then all of 145? Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be halaling you, Selah. What does Selah mean? It means pause and let the instruments play while you think about what you just said. So there's room for instrumental worship. Psalm 115, verse 18. Halal the Lord, praise the Lord. That's what hallelujah means. Halal Yah, God's name. Psalm 146, 1, the next psalm opens with this, verse 1. Halal the Lord, halal the Lord, O my soul. Can we say halal? Verse 2, while I live, I will praise the Lord. While I live, I'm going to be a halaler to the Lord. The next psalm, Psalm 147, opens with this word, halal the Lord. Some translations, I think, say hallelujah. Aaron read this earlier today. It says, hallelujah, or praise God in his sanctuary. Every word for praise in here is a word halal. So hallelujah, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his powerful acts, praise him for his abundant greatness, praise him with trumpet blast, praise him with the harp and lyre, Praise him with tambourine and dance. Somebody said dance. Praise him with flute and strings. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Praise him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise God or hallelujah. 
So it's a halal time, isn't it, when we give the Lord some praise. The next word is one of my favorites. It's not as frequent, though, in the Scriptures. It's the word shabak. So we say shabak. It means to address loudly, to glory, to triumph, to praise. When the cowboys are winning, some people are in their living rooms and some are in the stands yelling. What are they doing? They're shabaking, giving praise to the victory, to their heroes. We read in this psalm, verse 4, one generation shall praise your works to another. You'll tell of the mighty acts of God with a loud voice to your family. Can we say shabak? Let's do it right now. Give me a J. J. Give me an E. Give me an S. S. Give me a U. U. Give me another S. S. Who's your Savior? Who's the King of Kings? The Lord of Lords. Who's coming back again? That's Shabbat. I told you this story already. I'm going to tell you again of Judson Cornwall. It's such a good story. It's worthy of being used again. He had a man in his congregation that didn't Shabbat. He stayed very calm. His favorite verse was, be still and know that I am God. I don't want to mock that verse. It's in there for a reason. When all hell is breaking loose in your life, you don't have to react to every stimuli. You can be still and know God has got it all in control. So that verse does apply to living, but it doesn't doesn't neutralize Shabbat. So at church, he was very calm. And Pastor Judson Cornwall taught on praise a whole lot. And it just, it was all metaphors for him. Kind of like some churches, they sing about all the symbols, but they don't have any symbols. Just something you sing about. Kind of like us sometimes. Kneeling is in our song, but we never kneel. Or lifting our hands is in our song, but we never lift our hands. So Judson Cornwall went to this man's grandson's football game. And the grandson did good. I think someone scored a touchdown. And this man was out of his seat. Yay! Go, grandson. And Judson intentionally retained his composure. And he said, what's wrong with you? We're going to win. He said, it's not my nature. He got him back. The Lord help us to be real. At home, at our house, and real at the church house. Next word is yada. Can we say yada? It means to raise a hand, means to confess, means to thank, means to worship, means to praise. If you're apologizing to someone, you may extend your hand and say, I'm so sorry. It's an expression. If you're being thankful, thank you so much. You may, if you're Italian, you definitely are doing this. Can Italians speak with their hands in their pockets? I don't think so. Expressive. And so it's the way we were wired. Sometimes get on YouTube and go to a, a secular concert and watch the crowd. They are shabaking. They are yadaing. They are halaling. They're popular hero. They're god or goddess. Why are they doing that? Are there classes on doing that? No, it just comes natural to the human nature. It's the way God wired us. To admire something, we are expressive. You don't see people on the front row sitting down. 
I got an invitation with Pastor Shake to go hear Mumford and Sons, so I went because I like acoustic-type music. And to my dismay, everyone around me was standing. And I wanted to sit and enjoy the music. It was horrible. I couldn't see nothing. I had to stand with them. And then when I stood, they weren't exactly shabaking or halaling. They were taking selfies and having conversations. Psalm 145.10, all your works shall yadah you, shall raise their hands, shall worship you, shall praise you, O Lord, all your works. The next word is the word zamar. It means to play an instrument, means to sing songs with musical accompaniment. It means to praise. Praise the Lord. Let all that I am praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God with my dying breath. That's Psalm 146, 1 and 2. The first two praise the Lords are halals. The last praise the Lord, I will sing praises to my God, is zomar. So this gives color to what it means to praise the Lord. This is why we study to show ourselves approved, so that we're not just following tradition, but we're following biblical instruction. These are the roots of our faith. Praise the Lord, Psalm 147.1, how good it is to sing praises to our God, how pleasant and fitting to praise Him. The first praise is Salal. The second praise is Zamar, to sing praises to our God. And the third praise how good and pleasant it is to praise him is tequila, not tequila. So we're to halal the Lord, we're to zamar to our God, and we're to heal our God. We're to laud him, give him honor, praise, and glory. The roots of our faith, folks, starts with Abraham and his children. And through him comes the Messiah, our Lord Jesus Christ. And the Hebrew scriptures were all the early church had that first century while the scriptures were being written and they weren't canonized till later. So even if they had a copy of a New Testament book, they didn't have all of them together. So they looked at them through the lens of the fulfilled covenant that was promised in the Hebrew scriptures. And that gives us all the more reason to praise. <laughs> He is our high priest. He is our sacrifice. He is our intercessor. He is our savior. He is our Lord and soon returning king. Can I get a hallelujah? hallelujah. Psalm 147.7, sing praises to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God. Another translation is sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Have music on the harp to our God. The word there, for thanksgiving is the word todah, and the word sing praises on the harp to our God is zamar. So todah is our next word. It, it's the extension of the hand. It's thanksgiving. It's praise. Todah. Sing praises. Zamar to the Lord with todah. Sing praises on the harp to our God. We all love the 100th Psalm. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, that's Todah, and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. So it's called a Psalm of Thanksgiving, which is Todah, the 100th Psalm. 
And the fourth verse, enter his gates with thanksgiving, is todah, and into his courts with praise, that's tehillah. Be thankful to him, that's yada, and bless his name, is barak. Can we say praise the Lord? Your Bible has an odd number of chapters. There's 929 chapters in the First Testament, 260 chapters in the New Testament, giving us a total of 1,189 chapters in the whole Bible. Psalm 117 is the 595th or the middle chapter of the Bible. It also happens to be the shortest chapter in the Bible. If you are going to be paid money to memorize a chapter, like it happened in my family, uh, you want to find out where Psalm 117 is and memorize that. It's praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, or halal him, all you nations. Laud him or praise him, all you peoples. That's shabach him. For his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise or halal the Lord. And in my archives, I found a copy of me leading this psalm at a United Pentecostal church in Richardson, Texas. They are now a non-denominational church known as Christian World. But at this time, it was known as First United Pentecostal Church at Richardson. I was 28 years old. Here's how the two went. Praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise Him, all ye people, for His mercy. Kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. Let's sing it again. As the praise team comes forward, I just want to read the lyrics to this song called Praise. I'll praise when I feel it. I'll praise when I don't. I'll praise because I know you're still in control. Because my praise is a weapon. It's more than a sound. My praise is a shout that brings Jericho down. I'll praise in the valley. Praise on the mountain. I'll praise when I'm sure. Praise when I'm doubting. I'll praise when outnumbered, praise when surrounded, because praise is the water that my enemies drown in. I'll praise because you're sovereign, praise because you reign, praise because you rose and defeated the grave. I'll praise because you're faithful, praise because you're true, praise because there's nobody greater than you. Praise the Lord, O my soul. And when they start, I'd like for us to loosen up. The Bible tells us to dance before the Lord. We read a couple of verses about that. And this song is easy to dance to. 
Those of you from country backgrounds, you know you got this. It's just one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one. That's it. It's an African dance, actually. So let's praise the Lord. Let's not make praise a metaphor anymore. Let's actually do it today. Amen. face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And may you find every opportunity to give the Lord praise, honor, glory, 
and blessing. Go get them, Tigers. <laughs>